Americans sincerely love Donald Trump. They love him in spite of everything they've heard. They love him often in spite of himself. They're not deluded. They know exactly who Trump is. They love him anyway. They love Donald Trump because no one else loves them. The country they built, the country their ancestors fought for over hundreds of years, has left them to die in their unfashionable little towns, mocked and despised by the sneering halfwits with finance degrees but no actual skills who seem to run everything all of a sudden. Whatever Donald Trump's faults, he is better than the rest of the people in charge. At least he doesn't hate them for their weakness. Uh, that's Tucker Carlson trying to explain the Trump phenomenon. I don't know if you saw the 95-mile-long Trump parade in Arizona over the weekend, and then that crowd that looked like Pope John Paul II had landed in Buenos Aires. Um, it was absolutely incredible. There's never been a politician that has this sort of uh, uh, base backing. Similar I, I, examples all over America, too. I, I mean, pers- just astounding. I personally will never love a politician. It's just not in my nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that whole, um, you know, towns across America that are despised by all the elite. Well, I know that I'm from those towns. I know mm-hmm. that. I know that feeling. Yeah. Everybody on TV, uh, whether it's sports stars, musicians, uh, politicians, whoever, just, you know, mock you and think you, you want to be us. You just can't be. That yeah. whole crowd out there that uh, is talked to that way all the time, oh, they couldn't be more enthusiastic about voting for Trump. Whether that's enough people to show up today and get him over the top, I have no idea. And if he didn't have the personality he had, he would win. Oh, yeah. He would win in a landslide. Is the entire media against him? Yes. Was the Russian collusion hoax something close to an attempted coup? Yeah. Yeah. When you consider that Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer knew all along that what they were saying was untrue, um... All those things are true, but Trump could have won in a walk if he wasn't so Trumpy. But, you know, life is like that. Yep. Being Trumpy is what got him where he, where he is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's often difficult to tease out those yep. variables. Of, yep. Oh, all, right. of us, all of us have that problem. Yeah. What am I successful because of, and what am I successful in spite of? Right. We're all trying to figure that out. Yep. And, and then you uh, die. <laughs> <laughs> Jack. We need to get to this story sooner or later. Seattle students and workers have been given a flex day to take off if Trump wins. They'll be so sad. You Schools can, and private businesses are giving people time off in case Trump wins. You can you can take a day off of school if Trump wins because it'd just be too difficult to go to school. Yeah. Wow. You dumb bastards. I'm not coming in tomorrow if it happens. Hey, wow. Come on in, China. We're good and soft. I wow. mean, we're like veal calves could beat us up soft. Come on in. Wow, that is something. We got some fine sceneries, some good industries you could turn into, you know, communist uh, client industries. Trying to picture when I was younger, like not going into work because Dukakis lost. And it's just what. what? Oh, my God. Say that to your boss. uh, Dukakis lost, so me and all my friends, we can't come into work today. (laughs) I feel like I'm reading something written by, I don't know, Kafka or one of those guys, describing a country that soft. Well, it... Come on. China. In. There you go. Come on in. It reminds me of the in the time machine, the H.G. Wells classic, the Eloy, the soft, effeminate people who couldn't defend themselves. And the Morlocks did all the work. They were the tough, hairy armed types. Even the chicks, very hairy. Um, 
And we're, we've we've become that. I just it's it's a function of comfort. Okay, I'm getting off on a tangent here that might just overwhelm this segment. But nah, what are you going to do? Um, on this topic, so Matt Taibbi, who I don't agree with on everything, he's way left of me politically, but a very interesting guy, and I think an honest broker in all of this. Uh, oh, I'll take a good heart over agreeing with me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, among the things he said in his big piece we were reading from yesterday, he said, Donald Trump is going to be a difficult case for future historians because he's simultaneously the biggest liar and the most lied about politician in American history. Mm-hmm. And I thought him saying that second part is really interesting because that gets left out a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I would add to that, Stu, he is also the most brutally honest about certain topics that I've ever seen in my lifetime. For instance, the the NATO stuff or the China trade stuff. He just says, "No, you're ripping us off," in a way that make that make uh, diplomats and the intelligentsia just they're horrified by that. No, no, no. There's a dance in the court. You must curtsy to the queen, bow to the king. You must you know flap your hands in the air. And there's decorum here. And Trump just wades in and says, "No, you're ripping us off, and you got to stop." So, yeah, it's a complex thing. But so him being the, you know, the most lied about president we've ever had. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday with um, Andrew Sullivan. I don't know if you like, know his act. He's a conservative, um, uh, practicing Catholic gay man. Really interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Writes for a bunch of publications. Did you hear the Vatican kind of flip-flopped on civil unions for the gay folks? I didn't. Yeah, evidently the Pope got out uh, over his skis, as they say. Well, and... I think he was taken out of context. You do? Yeah. Okay, interesting. From what I saw, they okay. misinterpreted what he said in a documentary. Yeah, I didn't really look into it. Yeah, they, they took something he said and put it in a documentary surrounded by other stuff and made it seem like he said something he did. I still think this Pope's a commie, but anyway, you were saying? Anyway, so Andrew Sullivan, who's a man of the right, and Sam Harris, a man of the left, were on this podcast yesterday, and they were talking about, and it fits with the Trump being the most lied about president in history. Uh, they were talking about the, j- just this everybody's abandoned principles to try to make sure they they win mm-hmm. and you know the new york times just deciding we'll we'll print things that are lies like um the former 60 minutes woman that we've had on a bunch of times laura logan laura like logan, laura logan yeah. said she she said i read stories in the new york times and 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 sometimes i'll read a story and there's not a single fact you know opinion pieces on the front page posing as news stories i mean mm-hmm. they just abandon what they've done for a couple hundred years there yeah. at the New York Times. just to, And and so with both sides doing this, um, and everybody only taking in their information from their side and being completely, you know, just, you can't even have a conversation because you're coming from a, you don't even have the same uh, foundation to argue about. Mm-hmm. Same topic in a lot of times. And they were both talking about how this could be, or it definitely is unless we fix it, a, um, a democracy-ending event. It's an existential threat to the existence of our country. What is just the current climate of the, yes. completely abandoning principle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, if every if we're going to stay on this path um, of uh, overlooking things, it's like the pretending the Black Lives Matter aren't the people that are going to smash up all these businesses tonight. Right. I mean, there's a whole bunch of examples out there. If we're just going to pretend a bunch of things aren't true. Or exaggerate other things, and both sides are going to do it and live in different worlds. It will end our civilization, as as it has been. Yeah, yeah, I think it will evolve into something fairly unrecognizable. Absolutely, and and we're there. I mean, this is not like on the far horizon. We're there right now, mm-hmm. and I just wonder: are people going to recognize that or not? 
Yeah, well, it's been moving in that direction for some time. Right. But, and, yeah, this is an odd, especially odd little, uh, you know, twist in the road. And Trump didn't do it all on his own. I was trying to come up with another quote I oh, came across hey, yesterday. You know what? Well, you're looking for that. Uh, folks, do me a favor, would you? Because I know some of you have seen this. I can't lay my hands on it. Somebody tweeted an analysis of the alleged 22,000 lies Trump has told so far or whatever. Mm. Um, and and that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them were stuff like, we're going to turn the corner and be better than ever. Well, our independent fact analysis has found that we might not be better than ever. And that's, you know, some of those lies. But somebody tweeted it out, uh, e- email it or tweet it at us or whatever, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Now, Trump is a bull-esser of the highest degree, and everybody knows it. Um, but, yeah, I like that. I had not phrased, heard that phrase before, the most lied-about president in history. It's clearly true. My ultimate point is that no matter who wins tonight, all those, all those pieces are still in place. And unless you think they're going to radically shift because Trump is no longer president, I don't think they are. Um, we're on a bad, bad path. Yeah. The quote I was trying to find, and I can't come up with it, and it's an ancient quote, but it's absolutely true, is um, every successful, call it civilization, culture, whatever you want to do, the Romans, the Ottomans, whatever, they think they figured it out, and this is going to be permanent. I mean, we've, we've got it nailed down now. Yeah. The way this whole thing works, law and order and you know, peace with other countries and an economy that works and everything. We've got it figured out. We feel that way in the United States. I've felt that my whole life until like the last year or so. Yeah. And uh and 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 they they all reached a point of hubris and decay where it actually goes away. And maybe we, are, that's, we are there. Maybe that's like the creative destruction of capitalism. What are the incentives for the cable news things to change their ways though? They've all experienced record high nothing. ratings and nothing. Like, there is none. Me uh me going into the newsrooms and boxing their ears. <laughs> I, I think I think the sad reality might just be the cycle of civilizations yeah. and there's just no getting away from it. It could be. But you, you get comfortable enough, successful enough, successful enough, you think nothing can go wrong and 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 you know, we usually arrive at this point in the discussion because I think you're absolutely right. I think I'm absolutely right. What you can do now as a human being is to uh, press on the brakes as hard as you can and buy one, two, ten more generations the incredible life that the United States has given so many millions. You know, ultimately, we might quote unquote lose, but those people who enjoy liberty and the blessings of this country, they won't have lost. So it's still absolutely worth trying. It's, the sports analogy is good. It's like when a team is so good for so long, they feel like they can just walk in the gym or on the field and they're going to win. We right. just we're owed winning. We're like that in the United States. Just we've been so good for so long. We just all we got to do is show up and we win. Right. We don't need right. to practice as hard or you know do any of the things that got us here. Yeah. And listen, if you want to blame uh, my generation, which happens to be Gen X or, or the Boomers or whatever, I, probably not. Well, maybe the Boomers. I don't know. Um. For thinking American exceptionalism was a gift from God, it wasn't. It was it was the product of brilliant political thinkers, then an enormous amount of work, and and blood shed. I mean, American exceptionalism was bought at the highest price you can possibly imagine, and then we started to think it just fell from the skies. Uh, anyway, I don't know what you think of that. Uh, text line 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. I do still have the whole thing of, it's not that you don't care, you're just mentally exhausted. We all have, as a country, the signs of mental exhaustion. According Undeniable. To, according to psychologists. Undeniable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. 
Uh oh, Michael's it got a problem in there. Are we ready? Set break. Armstrong and Getty. Ended up with 306. That was good numbers. 223 to 306, and that was a that was a big number. And I think that we will top it. I'll leave it at that. I think we'll top it. I think okay. we'll get better. Hmm. I haven't seen any maps that would uh, lead me to believe that. Well, <laughs> you're looking at your maps, are you? <laughs> Trump can definitely win, as it uh, seems like it's moving that direction. Uh, moving up. Not sure if uh, the election needs to be this coming Saturday as opposed to today to give him enough time, but who knows? Um, we'll all tune in and uh, find that out tonight. Florida is huge to the whole deal, and they closed the polls at five o'clock east, uh, five o'clock West Coast time. That's where I live, so that's what I'm paying attention to. But eight on eight on the East Coast, and if Florida loses, uh, Florida goes to Biden. It's almost impossible for Trump to win. Uh, the way I describe it is Florida, Georgia, and North Carolina, all on the East Coast, obviously, except for the panhandle of Florida, which is curiously in the Midwest time zone, central time zone. Um, they are game six of the World Series. If Trump wins game six, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, then we go to game seven, which is the rest of the country. And when we know the result of game seven is uh, up in the air, hard to say, particularly given Pennsylvania's um, uh, strange election laws. Could be days for PA. Well, it almost certainly will be. It's almost impossible for it to not be because they're not allowed to start counting ballots until today. You know why? Laziness. (laughs) Lazy Pennsylvanians. Right. Everybody knows it. (laughs) It's not that you don't care. It's that you're mentally exhausted, says this piece. Trying to compare your pre-pandemic self to your current self is difficult. Before you start to doubt your abilities, remember that nearly everyone is suffering from mental fatigue right now, nationwide. It's absolutely true, man. Yeah, I don't acknowledge oh. it much. Uh, what's the point? But it's, um, it's almost certainly got to be true. Um, and there's all kinds of uh, manifestations of that when you're emotionally maxed out for too long, according to psychologists. Um, even if you are quarantining with your family, partner, roommates, not being able to do all the things that bring you joy and release, such as attending concerts, sporting events, dining at your favorite hole-in-the-wall restaurant, uh, getting away from some of the people that you're holed up with can leave you feeling depleted. Here are signs that you're actually mentally exhausted. One, you're inefficient. I would say one, you're human right now. (laughs) It's just everywhere. Anyway. If you find you're inefficient, that's part of being mentally exhausted. You're not, like, getting worse at being a human or Mm. bad at your job or whatever. I am, but it's just a coincidence. Yeah, it's just the timing (laughs) is odd. But Have you considered being good at your jobs? I have, but it seems like a lot of work. Right. Um, You don't feel compassion for others. Has anybody felt that creeping into their lives? It's a sign of mental exhaustion. You don't feel compassion for others or as much as you used to. That is interesting. Yeah. Key signifier of mental fatigue since meeting the needs of others requires forethought, energy, and consideration, and you don't have those things. Right. You're procrastinating more than ever. I've, I've noticed that the other day, something. I, I thought, why am I doing this? This isn't. I don't normally procrastinate on this sort of thing. Huh. It's mental fatigue. I've got an excuse. Of course, nobody cares about your excuses. 
Uh, struggling with sleep and appetite is a sign. I don't think I've got those, but boy, I, I know all sorts of people who say they're they're not sleeping right. Part and here's how to cope. Part of the cause of mental fatigue is having too much information to process. In addition to topics you usually have to think about, like work, grocery store, holidays, um, blah blah blah. There's a whole new level of data. For instance, grabbing a mask before you head out the door. Um, just all these different things you don't normally think about. You don't notice how taxing they are on your system at the time. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. And when you get there, it's going to be suckier than it was before. Yeah. Even if it's just, I was walking around a nursery. Judy and I were buying some plants we're going to plant. Um, just the hotness, because it was a warm day. The hotness breathing into the mask and all. It was just annoying. The lack of things to look forward <clears throat> to, I find to be noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. The sameness of every day. Uh, one of the best things you can do, this is not a surprise, it's the best thing you can do. This seems like it's always the remedy for whatever problem you have in life. Get more exercise. Mm. Probably, well, not probably, almost certainly now more than ever, it'd be a good idea to make sure you get at least 30 minutes of exercise a day. You could really see a breakthrough in your mental fatigue. It will kickstart the good hormones in your energy levels. I'm going to try to commit to that. I'm going to start that next week. Next week is the perfect time. For <laughs> Election week, too busy. Exactly. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, I was about to editorialize and say something uncharitable. Why would I do that? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> By the way, if you see anything interesting in a polling place, give us a text, whether it's, you know, guns or... Long lines. Um, or, uh, you know... Escaped lions. <laughs> Long Said lines, it. short lines, whatever. Sure. I'm really having fun walking the halls with my giant Biden cardboard head. Mm. And we're really getting a reaction out of it. It's the simple things in It life. is, it is. More, more fun walking the halls as that or walking the halls as handsome man. <laughs> both, are, both are enjoyable. <laughs> so, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Yeah. So I was going to uh, say something uncharitable about the Democratic candidate for the vice presidency, one Kamala Harris. Uh, we got an email from a guy. Who was it? Uh, uh, happy. Oh, Bob. Um said, here's how you remember uh, how to pronounce Kamala. It starts like comrade. I uh, you know what. Come Com- on now. Communist- Come on now. Kamila. That little girl was me. Uh, I don't think it was. Anyway, uh, this is Kamala Harris uh, instructing you all, teaching you up on uh, equality versus equity. So there's a big difference between equality and equity. Equality suggests, oh, everyone should get the same amount. No, it doesn't. The problem with that, not everybody's starting out from the same place. So if we're all getting the same amount, but you started out back there and I started out over here, we can get the same amount, but you're still going to be that far back behind me. It's about giving people the resources and the support they need so that everyone can be on equal footing and then compete on equal footing. Equitable treatment means we all end up at the same place. That is literally an endorsement of A, an impossible utopia, and B, it sounds like I'm getting a massage. Yeah, boy, it made me Um, want to go to sleep. Yeah, it's A, an impossible utopian fantasy, and B, the basis of the communist promise. We're all going to end up with the same thing? As as smarter blokes than me have pointed out, and I have three children, so I can attest to this, the idea of my three kids raised by the same parents... 
under the same roof. Same race. Same race. Roughly the same income level. Um, although it, it grew through the years, thank God, uh, because it started very low. Anyway, uh, the idea that those three could grow up and have equal results is hilarious. And they grew up in the same family. The idea that we're somehow going to so carefully manipulate society that everybody ends up with the same thing, that's a nightmare scenario. And and what's especially funny to me about that whole thing is that it's muddled. She 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 gets she gets her own crap wrong. She doesn't even explain it right. She is really useless. First a quote from Fritz. And she could well be the president soon. Uh yeah. There's a very decent chance she's president within a couple of years. Yeah. Um, uh, here's a quote from Fritz Hayek, the uh, libertarian economics thinker from back in the day. There is all the difference in the world between treating people equally and attempting to make them equal. While the first is a condition of a free society, the second means a new form of servitude. Yep. Absolutely, because you have to you have to force things to happen a certain way right. to get people to have equal results. What you end up with, it's been tried time and time again, is everybody gets brought down a notch. Right. The top gets brought down a notch, so everybody's miserable, as opposed to you rise up, raise up the bottom level. Oppression and misery, and the it's yet another one of those um, uh, examples where you point out a problem with a system. And instead of fixing it, you just say we need to tear down the system. Because, for instance, uh, little black kids in cities going to crappy schools. We need to install some sort of new system of equity so everybody has the same results. No, how about we give them school choice so they can move out of the crappy schools? Or how about we have programs uh, for for teaching little kids uh, alphabets, uh, letters, and numbers? If their parents are drug addicts or idiots or whatever, or uneducated themselves, maybe they're good people. Sure, let's give those kids a leg up. But you're going to somehow force the equal outcomes? That's just horrible. Quoting Andrew Sullivan for the second time today, who is a conservative that hates Trump. I don't know if he's voting Biden, but I know he absolutely hates Trump. Anyway... Uh, He said, why would a vice presidential candidate seemingly endorse full-on Marxism days before a general election? Does she believe government should enforce equality of outcome for everyone? Seriously? Yeah, why did she do this? Did the Biden campaign sign off? Uh, Because she put out a, did we mention it's a cartoon? She put out a video. She's narrating a video. I mean, it was like a production. It wasn't, she just wasn't like off the cuff at a rally in Arizona. There was some time, effort, and writing into this. I wonder if that's an old thing. But she tweeted it out, right? You know, I don't know where it came from. That's a good question. I huh. believe she did tweet it out. Yeah. Why did she Why did she raise her head up at all two days before election that it looks like you're going to win? I have it on very good authority that she is, A, not nearly as intelligent as you think she is, um, which surprised me because she seems bright to me. But I know the people who made that claim, and, and they would know. And also that she was utterly unprincipled. She is one of the most savagely dishonest people they've ever done business with. Um, and I just think it was an idiotic thing to do. From her point of view, I'm glad she exposed Why herself. Why did the Biden campaign let her do it? I don't know. No clue. Hmm. Uh, and you know what's funny is um, the Biden campaign's great ingenious plan is to do nothing. 
So I don't know if they can do something or if they can do anything terribly well. It's like, you know, you hire a, your head coach. Look, the players know how to play. You just stand there. <laughs> I mean, you don't know if he can coach or not. I don't know if they, their campaign has any capability. I was thinking about this um, last night for some reason. If Trump loses, what do you say is the reason he lost? Do I have to pick one? I uh, just an overarching theme, yeah. Overarching theme. Uh, his flaws obscured his qualities. Made it too hard to see the good stuff, c- combined with the incredibly dishonest treatment of 90% of American media. Yeah, I think I would, you can't control the media, but yeah, I think it, that would be mine, too. You know, I'm just thinking about like telling grandkids about it or something yeah. like that. If, if just, Trump had been a tough, optimistic realist about the coronavirus a little more effectively, he'd win in a landslide. He was so unpalatable. His personality was so unpalatable, unpalatable by so many people. He couldn't get reelected. If he loses, I think that is the story. That's a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and then if Biden loses... I don't know. You don't know what uh, they may have played the right game. They may they may even if they lose, they it might be one of those things where the manager says, I still would have done the same thing mm-hmm. um, because you think if we would put him out there every day, he would have said too many crazy old man things. <laughs> and I don't think many. there's any doubt of that. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, right? I, I, anyway, because if he loses, there will be criticism through the through the centuries yeah. about, uh, you know, the prevent defense. Holding up and just, you know, feeling like you can wait out the clock. So I think I'd summarize the story on the Democrat side of the aisle as an incredibly weak field of primary candidates yielded a safe but weak choice. Oh, I know what my summary would be. And this is absolutely true. If Biden loses, because if he wins, it'll be the first time this has happened. If he loses, it'll prove that once again, you can't. Uh, you can't win on voting for for against someone else because mm-hmm. that is not one for people in the past. Right. You have to be the person people want to win. Because I remember saying that about Mitt Romney. Just people weren't enthusiastic about Mitt Romney. There were plenty of people that didn't want another four years of Obama. Yeah, but that's they a weren't great enth- example. They weren't enthusiastic about Mitt. He yeah. was just the other guy. Right. And uh, Biden very well could be that person. If Trump's personality wasn't what it is. And Another one, kick in the gut. One more political truism. Given the nomination of somebody who's kind of earned it through the years, they're on seniority. That's a miserable idea. <laughs> it's terrible. See Bob Dole. See Joe Biden, maybe. Yeah. Because I saw the polling. 80% of people voting for Trump are voting for Trump. Uh, for Biden voters, it's like in the low 40s. It's half wow. This is going to be such an interesting night in perhaps a couple of days. What if you win? What if you get elected president when only 40% of people wanted you to be president? They just didn't want the other guy. Of course, they won't act that way. Nobody acts that way when they get elected. You get you act like the people have spoken and this is what they want. And we I'm have a mandate. Be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, the mandate was we wanted to get rid of Trump would be the message if he wins. Anyway, yeah, you're right. It is going to be an interesting night. There will be no acceptance or concession speeches tonight. Of course, here here's another interesting thing to watch. So Hillary Clinton said on TV, and it got lots of attention, my 
message to Joe Biden is do not concede no matter what. And everybody thought that was good advice. If Trump is pretty clearly losing tonight and he doesn't concede, he'll get killed by the media. Oh, for not conceding, even though it was the it's the absolute game plan for Biden's side to not concede no matter what. If Trump doesn't concede and it looks like he's going to lose, they'll be treating him like he's going to stay. He's the new Hitler. Where's the where's the Marine Corps? Click, click, bait. Click, click, click. It's as if they're lying liars with no principles. I think they believe it is the crazy thing. Oh, man. They need treatment. They need powerful pharmaceuticals or a lobotomy or something. I'm not going to do it, but I'm kind of half tempted to like not turn anything on, go to bed and wake up in the morning and just be completely surprised. It'd be kind of fun. <laughs> just turn uh, on my phone when I get up in the morning. Well, let's see what happened. <laughs> I, I've, I've done that. I've like played golf on election day and then had a couple of cocktails and ended up going to bed early. And then I'll I'll wake up, you know, in the middle of the night or in the morning and think, vomiting. oh, here we go. Here we go. Vomit, please. Um, Bent over the toilet vomiting. <laughs> Those days are behind me. I think. Depends. It really sick to my stomach. And actually, I threw up yesterday. Yeah, I know. Depends. Depends on what? I don't know. Yeah, you never know. I don't know. You don't know what your 80s are going to be like. Well, and, and, and you know, you got to ask the guy who's had three drinks already how it's going to go. The sober guy sitting here at the microphone has no idea what that guy's going to do. He's nuts. You don't know what you're going to be like, your 60s, 70s, 80s. You might reach a point where you think, you know what I want to do? I want to party hardy. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we go, like, seriously farther in the Marxist direction, I'm going to say, all right, that's it. I'm checking out. Good luck, America. You'll say, if we if we go socialist, your response is going to be I think alcoholism. I'll, I think I'll drink yes. till I throw up. Yes, <laughs> every night until I'm how, dead. How does that help anything? It helps me. It, Put, it's a solution that doesn't scale, but no, it, it puts it, me in a good mood yeah. until the inevitable day. Eh, clunk. That's funny. <laughs> uh, more on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Netflix announced last week it will raise its standard uh, plan prices by $1 a month or about 10 cents for each person on the account. Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, play me a clip uh, 21, would you, Sean? (laughs) Hey, Claire. Yeah? Who's the president of the United States? Are you watching him? No. Uh, I'm Karen Getty. No. <laughs> Kelly sent that along. That was her beautiful little daughter a few years ago. Uh, looked to be, I don't know, three or four. Asked her who's the president, George Washington. No, Armstrong and Getty. That's your second <laughs> choice behind George Washington. <laughs> and I feel pretty good about that. Ahead of that crank Jefferson with his <laughs> declarations of this and that. <laughs> oh, boy. I mentioned a little earlier, Seattle area employees and students have been told to take the day off after the election in preparation for a Trump victory because everyone will be so sad. Seattle, you used to be such a nice city. You've lost your friggin' mind. Various tech companies, etc. The, the entire company is taking the day off after the election day so they'll have what? time to process the results. Oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a weak society. You people are so weak. Yeah, well, that's not good. Days off are awesome. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> 
There's, do, there's work to be done, boy. Is there? <laughs> Cornell University hosted a cry-in last year, complete with hot chocolate and tissues after Hillary lost. University of Pennsylvania brought in puppies. I'm pro-puppy. Kittens. Coloring books. Therapeutic cuddling. You can't do that because of the vid. People go to work the next day when, you know, uh, family members die. When, uh, you know, financial ruin, all kinds of terrible things happen. Who's elected president? You can't go to work the next day. The University of Michigan Law School, which you can't get in, scheduled an event for this Friday called Post-Election Self-Care with Food and Play with stress-busting self-care activities, including coloring, blowing bubbles, sculpting with Play-Doh, and positive card making. What is this voice you're doing? What do you mean? What is this? Uh... Self-care is health care. I don't know. What to... Again, I, I'm confused. You got to take a day off to be sad. But not till Friday, which is interesting. <sighs> Can't wait till Friday when I get the... Well, you don't want to waste a day off in the middle of the week. You might as well make a three-day weekend out of it. That just makes sense. That is something. That's a that's a modern contrivance. It's just it's astonishing to watch. It really is. It's like your your kid who doesn't have some sort of terrible malady isn't strong enough to pick up their shoes and you don't do anything about it. In fact, you got them to be that. Have Again, you, don't blame the mm. kids. Blame mom and dad. Yeah. I realize it's early in the day or midway through the day, depending on where you are. Or it could be a different year via the podcast. Tell us about the future. What was Trump's third term like? <laughs> um, but are you are, are there any indications anywhere of extraordinarily large turnout? Because that's Trump's only hope, really, is that there's a a, a poll breaking, model breaking turnout today across the country. No less than Fox News is reporting blue states are seeing a heavier turnout. Seems awfully early, but... Um, I've seen anecdotal stuff. Of or is that the mail-in stuff? People sharing online, hey, I showed up to my polling place today and I've never seen lines this long, but no sort of kind right. of gathered data set. But yeah, but there's there's no way of... The only evidence we have is that a vast majority of Trump voters said they were voting day of. The majority right. of Biden voters say they were voting early. So you make the assumption that the huge turnout is Trump people. But we don't yeah. know that. Yeah. Don't know that. I think I'll just wait to see what happens. <laughs> I'm reading this article. I was um, just, well, it's just so speculative. But since we don't, since it's very unlikely we're going to know tonight. Do you think it's more often, more likely than not that neither candidate claims victory tonight? I think it's almost guaranteed that neither... Can't, well, Trump might for strategic some sort of strategic reason. Well, um, I, the but, the answer differs completely depending how Florida, North Carolina, and Georgia go. If Trump loses two of those three, eh, forget it. Probably, but if he what what time does a person go to bed though? I wonder. I'm thinking about myself. There's no, really no point if they're not going to have a winner tonight. Might as well go to bed and wait for the results tomorrow. I suppose. Sure. Yeah. The last time I stayed up till the bitter end, and it was one of the great nights of my life, as I've said many times. I just, it was so much fun watching that roll in and then switching around the channels and having everybody. But that's because I knew something was going to happen. I was, I was wanting to, I wanted, wanting to see it finally dawn on Brian Williams' face, on Wolf Blitzer's face, oh. on George Stephanopoulos' face, for, oh. for them to finally have to just recognize and say out loud, 
I guess Trump won. That's what I stayed up till one o'clock in the morning for, and it was worth it. Wow. But yeah. that's not going to happen tonight. I think it might be pretty clear at some point that you can go ahead and go to bed because we're not going to know Pennsylvania for a, a while or, or what have you. But I could know some exciting stuff like, hey, this is a lot closer than we thought it was going to be. Trump won North Carolina and Florida. So, uh, hey, here we go. Yep. And these fanciful tales about Texas and Arizona didn't happen. So, hey, now. Yeah, I remember how Beto O'Rourke was going to beat Ted Cruz, although it was it was closer than you know it generally is in Texas. Um, you know, uh, without a giant war, societies almost always move leftward. It's just the way it is. There are blips. I mean, there are little downturns like uh, Margaret Thatcher in Britain. But... Well, we certainly have. Bill Clinton would be a right wing nut. Oh yeah, by today's standards. Oh yeah, yeah. Clinton and Biden, the two of them. Uh, They're Ronald Reagan and Ted Cruz. Bill Clinton, pro-death penalty, low taxes, the era of big government is over. He wouldn't get the nomination in the Democratic Party. Marriage is between a man and a woman and his lover. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty.